This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. Today is Thursday, December 2nd. Coming up, Lee Norman is no longer the top health official in Kansas, but he has some thoughts about why he was fired and why he and other public health officials became such political lightning rods. The shameful treatment in the Trump administration of the public health leaders, I think set the stage for having the same thing happen at the state level and the same thing happen to the county level. Fauci was Fauci'd. And to be honest with you, Jim, I think I was Fauci'd. Plus, Kansas City is vying for a chance to host the 2026 FIFA World Cup. But first, some headlines. Kansas City Police Chief Rick Smith is under fire for a comment he made after one of his officers killed a black man. KCUR's Peggy Lowe reports the comment was captured on video. The video was recorded on December 3rd, 2019, after police responded to the fatal shooting of Cameron Lamb, a black man, by Detective Eric DeValconeer. On the tape, Smith is heard saying, everyone is good, house is clear, bad guy's dead. Bad guy's dead. Activists are calling for Smith's immediate firing, even though the Board of Police Commissioners announced Smith's retirement is set for next spring. A judge last month convicted DeValconeer of involuntary manslaughter and armed criminal action in the shooting of the 26-year-old lamb. Kansas City school children and teachers could be masking up for another month if the city council decides to extend its mask mandate today. KCUR's Jody Fortino has more. The current mask order, which only applies inside school buildings and school buses, is due to expire today. A spokesperson for Mayor Quentin Lucas's office said an ordinance will be introduced at today's city council meeting to extend the mandate by another 30 days. Lucas said at a previous council meeting that keeping masks in schools will give younger children more time to get vaccinated after they recently became eligible. On Monday, a federal judge dismissed a lawsuit challenging mask mandates in Kansas City public schools and several Northland school districts. Dr. Lee Norman led Kansas through the first year and a half of the COVID-19 pandemic, but he stepped down last month amid news of tensions between him and Governor Laura Kelly. The governor replaced him this week with Janet Stanick, a longtime hospital administrator. Jim McLean of the Kansas News Service talked to Norman recently about his firing and lessons he learned during the pandemic. During the first several months of the pandemic, Lee Norman, dressed in a white lab coat, was at Governor Kelly's side during weekly briefings. But Norman's blunt style rubbed some Republican lawmakers the wrong way, further straining relations between them and Kelly, a Democrat. So Norman was sidelined and eventually forced out. The statement issued by the governor's office said that Norman stepped down, but he says he was fired. I was asked to step down, and uh, I'm relatively new uh, to state government, but I understand that when you work for the governor, it's at the pleasure of the governor, and that that means when you're asked to step down, you step down. To what extent did that tension between the governor and the legislature affect our ability to respond appropriately to this? Yeah, the divisiveness and uh, thought uh, really interfered with. It was sticking a broomstick into the spokes of a bicycle. And the, the um, difference of opinion about masks is a great example. Masks work. A matter of fact, the CDC even published uh, an article with our data um, in the Morbidity and Mortality Weekly Report, which is a time-honored publication from the CDC for the state of Kansas, because Kansas had its, was its own natural experiment with some states, sorry, some counties having um, mask mandates and others not. And it's a dramatic difference. We see that also in schools 
in the state of Kansas, dramatically successful in keeping the number of infections down in schools. So um, that's the kind of public health information and guidance that should lead to good policy, because good policy is good policy. It doesn't make any difference if uh, what side of the aisle it comes from. Now, what do you attribute that to? Why, why did this become so political? Well, first off, the, I think the prior administration in Washington, D.C., didn't do us any good at all uh, bec that was putting out bad quality information. And uh, what we saw with public health leaders and the shameful treatment in the Trump administration of the public health leaders, uh, I think set the stage for having the same thing happen at the state level and the same thing happen to the county level. Fauci was Fauci'd in, is a term I use. And, and to be honest with you, Jim, I think I was Fauci'd. Norman and public health officials across the state became targets for people angered by mask mandates and orders that shut down businesses and schools. Some quit because of continuous conflicts with the public. Others were fired by county commissioners. In the state of Kansas, 48 counties have lost either their uh, public health department administrator and or their uh, county health officers. The national level, um, I'm now an alumnus of ASTHO, the Association of State and Territorial Health Officers. There's only 55 of us in the country, one in each state and territory. And more than half of those have turned over. So the bottom line is we're, we're less prepared now than we were at the beginning of the pandemic to deal with the remainder of this one and the next one. Yes, I have no question. With the manpower diminution that we're seeing, it'll take a long time to replenish that. Finally, Norman says the current debate over the safety of the COVID-19 vaccines is lengthening the pandemic because he says it's creating opportunities for new coronavirus variants like the Omicron strain to emerge and spread. This B11529 variant that we're hearing about is already the dominant strain in South Africa, and it has essentially pushed out the Delta variant, which is the one that is a 100% essentially dominant strain in the United States. The longer we have uh, non-immune individuals roaming the earth, the more variants we are going to see emerge from those non-immune individuals. That was former Kansas Health Secretary Lee Norman speaking with Jim McLean of the Kansas News Service. KCUR's Kansas News Service reports on health, the many factors that influence it, and their connection to public policy. Find more at ksnewsservice.org. Coming up, a look into Kansas City's bid to host the 2026 Men's Soccer World Cup. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. This is Kansas City Today. UMB Private Wealth Management, a division of UMB Bank, takes the time to understand your history, goals, and priorities. UMB tailors financial planning services and resources to help you accumulate, preserve, and protect your wealth for whatever life throws your way. It's all about establishing a customized plan for you so you can focus on the important parts of life, like spending time with family and friends, pursuing your passions, or building a career. Feel confident about your future at UMB Private Wealth Management. Everything we do starts with you. Learn more at umb.com slash wealth hyphen management. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomeen Ujia-Dean. Last month, FIFA officials visited Kansas City to survey potential sites for the 2026 World Cup. 
Greg Eklund reports the city's bid for the world's biggest single sport event is being led by Kansas City native Catherine Fox. Catherine Fox returned recently to the Pembroke Hill Wardle campus where she attended school. Fox played basketball, field hockey, and soccer at Pembroke Hill High School. Her recent visit reunited her with her educational roots from her days as Catherine Holland before she was married. But what connects Fox to her new appointment are her memories of playing soccer, her favorite sport. It's very full circle. It feels um, kind of surreal to be walking this campus in this role um, with the goal of bringing the biggest sporting event in the world to our city. While Fox was in high school, the late Lamar Hunt in 1995 announced Kansas City as one of the charter cities in the formation of Major League Soccer. I'm proud that the success of the Kansas City Chiefs and filling Arrowhead Stadium has shown people that there's still room for a city like Kansas City, and by that I mean of the size of Kansas City, to be in the beginning of a new league. When FIFA, soccer's world governing body, visited Kansas City last month as one of 10 or 11 U.S. cities that might host World Cup matches in 2026, Fox says she found herself reminiscing about her respect for Lamar Hunt while growing up. That's another kind of full circle, you know, full circle situation because he built Arrowhead with the goal of hosting a World Cup match. Um, so to be able to tell the FIFA delegation that I think was really uh, was critical. The FIFA delegation said upon its arrival in Kansas City that the Arrowhead Stadium field, or pitch as they say in soccer, was going to be an area of focus. Kansas City Chiefs President Mark Donovan says the local group was well prepared for FIFA's questions. We had a lot of representation from a lot of different organizations at the very highest level. and. Um, you felt an energy in the room that, that Kansas City really does want this. Among those following FIFA's site visit is another Kansas Cityan, Grant Wall, a well-connected soccer journalist who grew up in Kansas City and is now based in New York City. FIFA came away pretty happy with what they saw there, which included a sold-out soccer stadium for a U.S. women's national team game. Though this bid is for the Men's World Cup, Fox says FIFA is taking notes about what Kansas City is also doing for the women's game. They absolutely do. Um, and, you know, I'd be lying if I didn't say we were very strategic about, who, you know, who we placed at each table during the luncheon. Chris and Angie Long were both there. Chris and Angie Long are the majority co-owners of the Kansas City current women's professional soccer team. Shortly after the FIFA visit, the Current announced its plans for the first soccer-specific stadium in the National Women's Soccer League. I'm feeling very good about all these things that align between the U.S. Women's National Team game and the KC Current and, you know, Arrowhead kind of being primed for, for, a, for a big event like this. Fox says she has never been prouder of her hometown in its all-out effort to land the 2026 World Cup as one of the host cities. To be from Kansas City and to be working on this event, it was incredibly inspiring and I think shined through. And I think FIFA really felt that. Like they felt the support from the city. But there's more work to be done before the end of the calendar year than FIFA is expected to announce next year, the U.S. sites for 2026. And Fox is working overtime to make sure her hometown is selected. 
For KCUR 89.3, I'm Greg Eklund. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia dean This podcast was produced by Byron Love and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. For more local news stories, visit KCUR.org, where you can also hear a live stream of Kansas City's NPR station. If you like our show, why not rate and review us on your favorite podcast app? Tomorrow, we'll hear why some local parents want to ban certain books from school libraries. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you soon. 